Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Fumble Rooski Football Podcast. This is your guy, KP. Joining me as usual, Big Facts, bro. Man, look, I'm usually chipper, jovial, <laughs> through all of these intros. Man, your team suck, my team suck. I don't know what the hell going on anymore, man. Yeah, man, uh, uh, NFC East is kind of a disgrace to football, but right now I'm liking the outlook of the Eagles. As long as they can make the playoffs, that's all I care about. I told Dallas fans, man, Andy Dalton ain't the one. <laughs> he yeah. ain't the one, man. You know what? I tried to tell Dallas fans that Andy Dalton wasn't the one. And nobody likes listening to me. And I'm the most logical Cowboys fan out there. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I got called a hater. Like, ah, you being negative. I'm like, well, there was a reason Cincinnati gave him the boot. And pretty much took Gerald Burrow with the first overall pick. And we saw all of that on Monday night. But, anywho, today we're going to get into... A big trade that happened this afternoon. A uh, couple of injuries, and we're going to look at uh, take a look back on uh, week seven and look ahead to week eight. You know, a couple of things in a rumor mill we're going to go over. Uh, but yeah, man, it should be a good show today. But uh, started off, man, while we just, you know, I like to get the bad news out the way. Well, let's talk about that trade first, man. So Yannick Ngagwe, the Vikings traded him to the Baltimore Ravens for what I believe uh, a fifth pick, a fifth round pick in 2022. And let me look. It was a third and a fifth, right? Yeah, so a third round pick in 2021 and a fifth round pick in 2022. So he is just another lethal piece being added to the already lethal Baltimore Ravens defense, man. Yeah, this is the second time he's been traded. I mean, if you know his offseason, he was uh, franchise tagged. Um, and then they traded uh, the Jaguars traded on Minnesota. I believe they they traded a second and then got unique in a conditional fifth or something like that. So they're giving up on him pretty early. They didn't even let the full year go. I guess they decided since they don't want to assign him to long term money. Uh, it also came out that their other defensive end, Daniel Hunter, uh, is out for the season with a herniated disc. So it looks like, man, they might be giving up on the season. I'm not sure what's going on with Minnesota, but Kirk Cousins hadn't looked great. Their best defensive end is left. They already lost a lot on their defense. So it looks like Minnesota might be in a tailspin. Dalvin Cook should be back next week, but we don't know that for sure. So Minnesota's not looking great right now. And it's crazy, man, because if you look at it, you see a lot of teams are starting to give up already. You know, there have been rumors all this week with the trade deadline approaching that teams are going to start blowing stuff up, man. You know, we've I've heard a rumor that the Atlanta Falcons are looking at shopping possibly Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. You get this news today that the Minnesota Vikings have sent Yannick Ngoagwe out to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I mean, we might be looking at teams doing a complete overhaul and looking to the draft next year for young talent. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Atlanta Falcons, they fired not only their coach, but they fired their GM also. So this might turn into a rebuild situation soon. I mean, they have assets. There's teams out there where you can get something from Matt Ryan. You can get something from Julio Jones right now. Just start the rebuild now, building around, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley and whatever quarterback's coming in. I mean, what, they're 1-5 right now? Is there any incentive to try to win the I mean, it's not like it's the NFC East situation where you're yeah, that one division's five, too strong, man. That, 
What'd you say? I said that division, the NFC South, is too strong. I mean, yeah, it's between I mean, the Bucks. They're not going to come back in that division. So, I mean, yep. I think that it might be time to rebuild. I mean, it hadn't worked out with Matt Ryan. You've peaked. You went to the Super Bowl, kind of blew that, and it's been downhill from there. Uh, I think the only question would be, what do they do with Gurley? Because they signed Gurley to that one-year $5 million, And if it's a rebuild situation, you know. But the trade, a lot of this is coming because the trade deadline is on November 3rd. So right. We're like two weeks away from there. Yep. I don't, I mean, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day uh, as I was in the car, you know, listening to sports talk radio. And for some odd reason, man, you know, I just think Justin Fields will be a perfect fit in Atlanta. I just, well, you know, he's from Georgia, number one, so he'd be close to home. But I just see Justin Fields as, you know, if they get rid of Matt Ryan, Justin Fields could be the guy down there. You know, we never know. Yeah, I would like to see that. I mean, they typically embrace those type of quarterbacks. I mean, we saw what happened with Michael Vick. I like Justin Fields. I do, too. Uh, going back to your hometown, that's a lot of pressure playing back in your home state. You know what I mean? But I think that that would be a good situation. I think it's time, man. It's time for Atlanta to start rebuilding. Uh, I don't think Dimitrov was a bad GM, but nah. I think he kept his coach way too long. Yeah, I think that's what did him in. You know, uh, Dan, Dan Quinn stayed way too long, way too long. And I think that's ultimately what got him. And, you know, I think it's good. You know, Arthur Branch, you know, he finally wants to lift the Lombardi trophy and he's taking the steps necessary to do that. So it will be very interesting to see how a lot of that pans out. But uh, you know, Baltimore, man, they've already going back to Baltimore for a second, they've already got a stack defense and they're second in the league in stacks. So this is just another piece, add another piece that could get them over the top, man. And you know, without a doubt, if they weren't a Super Bowl favorite before coming out of the AFC, they're definitely one now. Yeah, they're just adding to that defensive line, man. That defense is already a monster to deal with, so you add a pass rusher like you need to that, um, and it's, it's crazy. I believe they got Kate, uh, Khalil Campbell, Campbell too, yeah. also. Yeah, that, <laughs> that defensive line, that defense is excellent. And you know, now, he, I will say, as good as Lamar been this season, last season, he's going to have to fix his accuracy. I mean, even playing the Eagles, they were dominating. But in that second half, you can still exploit him if you can keep him in the pocket and just make him throw. He misses a lot of easy throws. So as dynamic as he is with his legs, he's going to have to figure out a way to complete some some of those easy passes because, I mean, we saw that happen in the playoffs last year, right? Tennessee found out a formula to kind of keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball, and it didn't work out. Man, and Tennessee's looking good right now, too, man. Like, they, yeah. they look very good. But, uh, man, speaking, you know, that's a natural transition, brother, because to quote American comedian the worst, Smith Country Wayne, help is on the way, apparently, <laughs> allegedly, because there's news coming out that former Dallas Cowboy wide receiver Dez Bryant may be Baltimore bound. So it's pending on passing a physical and how his workout goes. But there are rumblings that Dez Bryant could be signed by Baltimore to be on the practice squad imminently. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he, he did just sign to the practice squad. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see what Dez got left in the tank, man. Uh, and he doesn't need to do a lot. You know what I mean? He doesn't need to be the old Dez Bryant. But what I think what this team is missing, I mean, with the with the wide receivers that they have now, they have a lot of young, fast wide receivers, but no real big body wide receivers that um, Lamar Jackson can kind of lean on. 
I mean, Mark J. Andrews, he's good at using his tight end, but you kind of show your hand when you're always throwing those three tight end sets. You know what I mean? Yep. But if you can get a receiver out there like Dez Bryant that can kind of play that Larry Fitzgerald role that uh, that uh, he's playing for Kyler Murray, I think Dez could be good on third down, short yardage, just an outlet to run a crisp route and use that big body uh, to catch the ball. Because what Dez lacks in speed, I mean, he, he can use his body. He can go get the ball. He can catch it. Uh, I don't think he's lost that. So I'd be interested to see uh, what they can do with him. And they're on bye, so it's a good week to get them and kind of get some practices in with them. Yep, get him acclimated and all that. And then with it being COVID, you know, he's probably got to – well, I don't know what the rule is for bringing in free agents now, but I know that some of the guys will quarantine him for a little bit. But Dez, I mean, he looks like he's in great shape. You know, I still follow him on Instagram and uh, his workout videos. You know, he's he's uh, been been at it. And he proved, he's proven that he wants to spot back in the league. Uh, speaking of while we're on the subject of wide receivers, man, AB to the Seahawks. People are saying it's going to happen. I mean, I, I've always thought this was going to happen. I mean, there's no need to waste the roster spot on it, you know, with him still suspended. But once Russell Wilson said he wanted him, it's kind of like last year when Russell Wilson said he wanted Josh Gordon. When he said, when he speaks, the organization listens yep. as they should with having a player like Russell Wilson. And if you add uh, AB to that lineup, because we saw even with the Patriots, I mean, he still has something left in the tank. No matter what you say about his personality and being an asshole, or this, that, or the other, he's he has a, a little bit left in the tank. And that young, those young wide receivers could use a receiver like AB. Russell Wilson could use a receiver like AB. So I like the fit. Yeah, and uh, AB's suspension officially up this sunday so after this sunday he's eligible so folks uh you know i will wait to see where he goes and what the situation is but hey if you got some people on the waiver wire wire oh man that sounded bad pardon me the waiver wire in fantasy you know check ab out see if he's there go scoop him up uh michael thomas also injured in new orleans so it's been kind of a weird situation down there he got suspended for conduct detrimental to the team you know, things yep. really punched a safe. Yeah, I know, right? So things really not going well with him. Also, uh, John Ross of the Cincinnati Bengals basically demanded to be traded. Uh, I don't think he'll be missed, but yeah. Yeah, man, I mean, I understand what's going on with. Well, let's get to Michael Thomas, the more important news. Yeah, Michael Thomas, after coming off a historic season and getting that huge contract, has had a miserable season this year. First game, he has a high ankle sprain, which keeps him out. Then he punches his teammate right when he was supposed to get back on the field. And then he gets back to practice and has a hamstring injury. It's just terrible, terrible luck with wide receivers. We've seen that. It could free fall. It did, it did that to Devontae Adams last year. Mm-hmm. So it can kind of free fall, fall on receivers pretty quickly. I think he'll be able to bounce back. I don't know where these New Orleans Saints team will be by the time he gets back because I think he's a pretty integral part of that offense. And Carolina and Tampa Bay are looking good in that division. Yeah, uh, man, Carolina's been a surprise, man. I, I didn't expect they were going to do all that with one of their key players being injured and with the first-year head coach coming straight out of college. But, hey, hats to Mike him. Mike Davis has been the perfect fit for that offense. I'd be interested to see what CMC can do in that offense because Mike Davis is looking like a top-five running back in that offense. This is a very – uh, running back friendly offense if you can catch the ball out the backfield and play out of the shotgun uh, and Mike Davis has shown that and I think that's that's one of CMC's strong points so if yep. they can just survive to get him back in week 8 
I believe that the only reason he's not coming back this week is because they have a Thursday night game next week, and they want him to be ready for that game with that quick turnaround. So I'm anxious to see what Christian McCaffrey will look like in that offense and how much Mike Davis will be used. But, yeah, man, uh, we've had some, some crazy injuries this season has affected a lot of teams, but the resiliency and depth of teams is showing this this year. Well, all teams except one. And uh, I wanted to make a correction to myself earlier, so A.B. will be eligible to come back in two weeks because we're going into week seven. So we're just wrapping yeah, up Yeah, he's week eligible six. after week eight. Yep, yep. So, all right, but, man, hey, you are just a master of seamless transitions today. So let's go ahead and dreadfully... <laughs> dreadfully walking into this week six recap man like you you know bro that picture of uh i guess when trump went to one of his rallies and he's just looking dejected with the hat in his hand and his tie undid <laughs> bro that was me yeah. on monday night man I, I took that hat off i took that jersey off man i just said fuck this i'm going to bed bro <laughs> it, it was a rough week for us but uh you know look oh my well, goodness i mean before we really get into the recap i mean it's kind of what I was saying before when you, when you talk about the Cowboys. It's not so much Dak. It's not so much Dalton. I'm not going to blame all that on Dalton. But the fact is is that I think that the Cowboys were already playing bad, and I think it was because of the coaching staff. This is my fear with Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is a fossil, man. He is not adjusted to the league. Uh, you can tell that it's, it's like he's trying to be more aggressive and more analytic, and it's not working out because it's not natural for him. So some of the play calling that you've seen – and you even hear with now the players coming out and saying that the coaching staff isn't prepared. They're not prepared for these games. So you take a playmaker, and, a, and I think that Dak is like a top five quarterback in this league. You take that out. Somebody that's been saving you from these games and these bad game plans. Just keep in mind, when they when they came back against Atlanta, they overcame like going for it on fourth in their own red zone. I mean, in, the, in their own territory, like two fake punts, like some just awful game planning just on the back of Dak. Now you put in Andy Dalton. Now you put in a beat-up offensive line, and you expect it to be seamless. It's not how the NFL works, A man. lot of people got their expectations shattered because I knew, like, I'm just like, you know what? doesn't even matter anymore. We'll be lucky to be 8-8, eight 7-9. Eight, but, you know, we're going to be logical here. We're not going to go off emotions. But I will say this before we get into it. I believe that they should have kept Chris Richard as the defensive coordinator. I really, in my heart, believe that. In fact, I was shocked when he left because, you know, I think Kellen Moore's doing his thing. You know, they had the number one offense in football. You know, Dak Prescott was leading the league in passing. But I really think that they should have kept Chris Richard. They should have just elevated him up from, uh, like, corners coach and passing game coordinator to full-on defensive coordinator because the defense did fairly well with him who's your defensive coordinator mike nolan, mike nolan man uh, oh my god you know, they go back right. him and uh apparently him and mccarthy go back when nolan was the coach of the 49ers he gave mccarthy a shot as an offensive coordinator and you know we all know how that atlanta falcons team did with him as the defensive coordinator they were just horrible they were at the bottom of the league statistically but let's go ahead and get into the game so cardinals put a whooping on the Cowboys, 38-10. to 10. Kyler Murray, hey, he said he is undefeated in AT&T Stadium, and it looks like it's going to remain that way uh, for the foreseeable future, man. I mean, you talk about a team getting mopped, boy, the Dallas Cowboys got mopped, and it was, uh, yeah. it was sad. Yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Kyler Murray. He had an awesome game, but you saw the game plan coming in, which is going to be the game plan of every team. Mm -hmm. Take deep shots because the safeties and the cornerbacks are not on the same page. So just keep keep doing it. Eventually, it's going to hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to know but, how bad this defense is? Kyler Murray completed nine 
passes. He was 9 for 24 for 188 yards with two touchdowns. That's how horrible that defense is. He completed nine passes. And a lot of that scoring, you know, came defensively because, you know, there were uh, a lot of turnovers in this game. You know, Ezekiel Elliott fumbled the ball twice. You know, Andy Dalton had some picks. I mean, there were strip sacks all over the place. But Kenyon Drake had a field day on the ground rushing. He went, uh, he got 164 yards with two touchdowns. Kyler Murray got 74 yards on the ground with a touchdown. I mean, receiving Christian Kirk. DeAndre, Nook Hopkins, even Larry Legend had him a couple, man. So it was just, it was, it was crazy all around. I mean, they shredded that defense like that rat cheese, man. It was just unreal. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks to me, you know, just watching, is that the defense has to kind of, I mean, that's kind of a problem. The defense is bad on the run game and the passing game. Yep. But they can kind of stop the run game if they can bring, you know, a lot of people in the box. But once you hit them over the top once or twice and they have to put coverage back there, that run game, I mean, that run defense is awful. And, I, I, you know, as bad as Andy Dalton may have played, I don't blame him with the pressure that he's getting on him. I mean, yeah. those when you brought – when they kept bringing that extra safety down there, it was – it was crazy. Like, what is it? Hassan, what's his name? Hassan Reddick and yeah, um, Hassan Reddick and I think even Bubba, what, uh, Buddha Baker. Buddha Baker, Baker yeah. had a field day. Yeah, man. Especially when you got a patchwork offensive line because everybody on the offensive line is hurt. You even got second string guys getting hurt now. You know, Zach Martin yeah. got hurt and then uh, Brendan Knight got hurt. So he just had surgery today. So you got to brace basically. You know, if hey, if you own a Cowboys jersey and you live in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, show up at six for practice because you know they getting people <laughs> off the street, man. But uh, it's it's not looking too good. And the sad thing about it. You know, the Cowboys are 2-4, and four, or they're in first place in the NFC East. And if the season ended today, they would get to host a playoff game. And I really hope that the NFL adjusts that because, to be honest, if you get into the playoffs with a losing record, you don't deserve that spot. I think another team deserves it. One of those teams out of the NFC West or the NFC South would deserve it, in my fair opinion. I mean, people can continue to wish for that all they want. I heard that same thing back happen. when the Seahawks got there with an under 500 record. NFL's never going to do that. Nah, they won't. I mean, because the 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 teams aren't going to agree. To, the owners aren't going to agree to do that. I mean, part of it is winning your division, kind of like college football. And if you win your division, it's not your fault that if you suck. I mean, it kind of it kind of rotates. Not every division is going to be this bad for so long. For a long time, the NFC West was this bad, and then, the and NFC then they South end up was recovering. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it happens, and I mean, then you yeah. rotate over. But, I mean, I, one thing I'll say about the NFC East, I mean, you touched on it. The problem is is that the Washington Reds, the Washington football team has been in a rebuild situation. New York Giants are in a rebuild situation, and the Cowboys and Eagles have been decimated with injury. I mean, we can talk about how bad they are, and you see people talk about how bad these teams are, but when you get down to it and you look at the offensive lines of both these teams, like the backups of the backups are getting hurt. What do you expect? Yep. You know what I mean? Then, like you can't expect for teams to go through this many injuries and still be competitive. And I that's I like like a lot of people have been down on the Eagles and Carson Wentz, but I kind of respect what Carson Wentz is doing out there with the offensive lines and the weapons that he has around him because what he's doing is not easy. And it's the same thing I was saying with Dak. You see how much your quarterback is doing with nothing if you get somebody else behind that offensive line with those receivers. And I'll say this. I said this from the very beginning when they were both drafted. Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz are the future of that division, man. 
I think that these Cowboys fans and these Eagles fans need a reality check and they need to take it back a little bit because if your team gets rid of both of these guys, who are you going to depend on? We don't know if Jalen Hurts, we don't know how Jalen Hurts is going to fare in the NFL. He's only played like one snap. And the Cowboys, you know, I heard some rumor that they were going to try to trade for Sam Darnold and some of this other stuff going on out here, man. I'm like, look, Dak Prescott, to me, sitting out that game proved how much he's worth to this team. In that franchise, you know, they can do anything without him. Behind that same offensive line that you seeing Andy Dalton get terrorized by, Dak Prescott was leading the league in passing yards. And making it happen. <laughs> so all these you know people made... He was having a career year in passing with the same personnel that made Andy Dalton look mediocre last year. Yep. I mean, last year. Well, last Andy game. Dalton's just now, not mobile, man. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's going to take. And uh, when people, when I look at Eagles fans and people kind of down Carson Wentz and say he's overrated, and then I look at his receiving core, he's out there with, with nobody. J.J. Ortega Whiteside, Greg Ward, dude Travis Fogum, Richard Rodgers, and Jason Kroon. That's his, that's his receiving core that he's out there playing against the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Man, he's making plays. Yep. Like you think that anybody can just do that? You think an average quarterback's coming in and doing I'll that? I say this, and man. not even to mention that they've lost six offensive linemen. <laughs> so I I'll say I, this: I don't know, if man. you put CD Lamb on the Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles are leading the division and probably like four and one at best right now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say four and one, three and two. We we probably win against the Bengals. Um, that Pittsburgh game, we get beat, but the Redskins, you know, so. We get more wins with the – I'm, I'm telling you, now that Travis Fogum is there and Carson Wentz has one reliable receiver, they're able to put 28 on Baltimore. You know what I mean? If they mm-hmm. can just get one more receiver back and, a, and like, two offensive linemen, they can win the division, but that's not saying much. Uh, when I, I was just arguing with somebody before. They were like, oh, you know, Eagles should just tank. Well, Why? If, if you can <laughs> win the division and get in the playoffs, when you get in the playoffs, it's a tournament. It's 16 weeks. If you can get in the playoffs healthy – and you've been fighting through all this adversity, like, why would you want to tank? That makes no sense to me. That's a yeah, losing mentality. I know, right? Like, why would you even do that? You still got a chance to win it. Hell, even the New York Giants care. have a chance to win it. Everybody in the NFC East is a contender, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't care if we get in there and we 6-10. and 10. So what? We you host the game at home. Yeah, you in there. You got a chance to be shit. 9-10. <laughs> win the Super Bowl. But anywho... Man, moving right along. Chiefs and Bills, that was a little bit of a banger. Uh, back and forth game, man. Chiefs win, pull it out 26-17. to You know the most dangerous part about this Chiefs team is the running game that they displayed on Monday night. Without running Le'Veon game, Bell. <laughs> without Le'Veon Bell. It felt like they were preparing the offense for Le'Veon. And if that's what they're going to do, if they're going to rotate – uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell in a power run game to force you guys to stop putting nine or <laughs> I mean putting two or three safeties over the top, and you don't commit and they run for three hundred yards. What are you gonna do? Because then when you put somebody in the box, they're gonna beat you deep. Like yep. this offense is looking ridiculous, and that defense isn't that bad. Yeah, not at all, man. Uh, Josh Allen he had a decent game, uh, but you know I just thought that Kansas City just had him outmatched, and uh, I still oh, that was I, bad. They could have did better. That was yep. bad, Josh Allen. This is like the yep. third straight game where we've seen bad Josh Allen. You either get like good Josh Allen from a couple of years ago where they destroyed the Cowboys on on uh, Thanksgiving, or you get horrible Josh Allen like you saw 
one day. No in between, yeah. really. But I think he bounces back. Hope so. He's starting for me in fantasy this week, so I need him to. <laughs> yeah, the rain, the rain kind of did something to him, but I mean, he missed a, a few easy throws. I mean, if you look at that secondary, Stephon Diggs got behind the defense two or three times, and he just wasn't accurate at all. Yep. You know who else reminds me a lot of Josh Allen? Jimmy G transitioning into uh, our next point, man. You get good Jimmy G, you get garbage Jimmy G. Uh, the yeah. 49ers beat the Rams 24 to 16. So Rams 4 and 2, 49ers 3 and 3. It's a competitive NFC West, man. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Aaron Donald was asked about Debo Samuels, and he said, Who is that? And then Debo responded back like he's 2-0 against the Rams or 3-0 against the Rams. So 49ers kind of had the Rams numbers, but this NFC West division is getting interesting because the Cardinals have beaten the 49ers, and now the 49ers are beating the Rams, and it's, it's a good division, man. It's good football. Even yep. though I don't think the 49ers are going anywhere, even with a healthy Jimmy G. Nah, I don't think they are. Uh, but, you know. We, we Stranger things have happened. So, uh, you know, Jared Goff played uh, pretty pedestrian. And uh, I just think the Rams, really, if they get their run game situated, they could be dangerous again. It's kind of crazy because you see what Ty Gurley has become in Atlanta. And so I just think, all right, did the Rams just really trade him off of injury concern or because of that contract? Money. Yep. <laughs> money. If you're not producing at an elite level, you don't want to pay that much money when you can have production at the running back. Yep. But the one thing I don't like about the running back by committee situations is you really don't get a guy going, man. And that's kind of the problem is you got Henderson, you got Akers, you got Brown, on and Malcolm. I think he's out of it. But you got to really get Henderson or Akers going to make them feel comfortable. If you're always rotating and they don't know how many snaps they're going to play, then I don't think they can ever really get going. And I think a lot of that offense is based on the run game. Yep. Uh, the Tom, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Green Bay Packers 38-10. to Biggest surprise of the week. I will say that too. You know, Aaron Rodgers did his little uh, Key and Peele uh, double pump, and that was all she wrote. That, it was all downhill from there, man. Like, Tampa Bay's defense man. showed up and showed out. This Tampa Bay defense is legit, and I think a lot of people forget that this defense was good last year. Yep. I mean, this defense was a monster last year. The only problem is, is that uh, – your boy, Jameis Winston, threw 30 interceptions. So they were always in a bad position. Man, why everybody but now that you even have, you've seen the sighting of Gronk <laughs> and Tom Brady, I think this this Tampa Bay team is for real, man. That defense can carry them. Yeah, kind of like when uh, Peyton Manning won the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, they starting to hit their stride, man, and they could be really dangerous in the playoffs, man. I, I really, you know, it depends on what happens with uh, New Orleans, but I think that they are shooing for the wild card spot if they don't win this division outright. I think New Orleans will stumble down the gate. We've seen them. I think I think Tampa Bay wins this division because that's that offense really hadn't even gotten their hit. Like you said, that offense hadn't hit their stride yet. Like Leonard Fournette's been out. All the receivers been hurt and banged up. That second half of the season, if they get some health on the offense, this team is going to be dangerous. Yeah, it's looking like they are, man. So we shall see. We shall see. Uh, the Packers, you know, this loss, I think, you know, you kind of go back to the lab. I just think they got, they had an off day, man. I mean, the Green yeah. Bay had an off day. And maybe, you they know. coming off a bye. I think they were kind of feeling themselves coming off a bye. And Aaron Rodgers essentially said that they needed a kick in the butt to wake them up. But I think coming off the bye, they kind of took this for granted, and they weren't as crisp. Aaron Rodgers didn't look crisp at all. Now, I wonder with this loss, do the Green Bay Packers say, all right, maybe, you know, as the trade deadline approaches, hey, let's approach 
a team about making a deal to get some potential weapons. So if you look at, you know, Julio Jones down there in Atlanta, do you try to get a guy like that? Or do you go look at Cincinnati and try to get an AJ Green or maybe even Cleveland, try to get an OBJ to try to bring Aaron Rodgers some help in there? Yeah, I just don't think the NFL makes a lot of trades like that around the trade deadline. I think at best they'll be looking at going to get a guy like John Ross who can take the top off the defense, but it's 50-50 at catching the ball. But maybe if you put him with uh, Aaron Rodgers, somebody can get it to him, hold him accountable, that he can he can resurrect his career. Because like you said before, he requested a trade. He has the speed. He can get open. He just has way too many drops. But a tra- change of scenery could be great for him. So I'd be looking at moves like that more than like a big-time move. There are some players out there that's attainable. I don't think that Atlanta's going to make that decision now. I think that's more of an off-season decision uh, to try to see if they can recover and get some things going. I don't think Atlanta blows it up before in the next two see, weeks. See, but to me, it's like Julio will be a trade deadline decision and Matt Ryan would be an off-season decision. And that's how, that's how it feels to me. Yeah, but you don't want to trade any of those guys without getting a GM in there and getting a coach. Yeah, Because you don't want to... You don't, you don't want to have a Houston Texans situation away. on your hands. Yeah, I mean, you want to have a, you want to give the GM all the assets that he needs to make a move. You know what I mean? So they're right. not going to make a decision like that with an interim GM. Yep. Uh, the Miami Dolphins beat the New York Football Jets twenty-four to nothing. Man, I think uh, the big story to take away from this, we saw Tua Tagovailoa get his first NFL action, and he was actually named a starter for the rest of the season. And a surprising move to me. Because, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing, Fitzmagic was playing very well. And, you know, you just kind of stall that momentum to more or less probably give the public what they want and having the higher profile name start at quarterback. But, you know, do you almost stall, do you kind of stall the momentum of a team with a decent start? I mean, they're sitting at three and three right now, sitting at 500 in an AFC East division that's wide open. So, I mean, that that kind of the question, the rationale of Brian Flores has me scratching my head. I'm with Brian Flores, and I respect the hell out of him because I think that he's doing shit like he's ahead of the curve. If mm-hmm. anybody's ever watched Fitzpatrick, you know that he's going to stall tragic, out eventually. Yeah, it, it's coming. And you kind of saw it at the second half of this game, but the magic only lasts so long. I think that he felt like he's gotten the most out of Fitzpatrick, uh, the young quarterback, whatever they're seeing in practice, maybe they think that he's ready. And, yep. I mean, he sat behind him, and maybe this was preordained. Maybe this they said that it's going to be seven or eight weeks and they're going to get two in there. But at some point, you want to get him in there in competitive reps. So I think that, I think it's the perfect time because what are you doing? You're not helping you're not helping too. You're, it's not going to do anything for your team, even if Fitz, Fitzpatrick does well, right? And you go nine and seven. It doesn't help your future. It'll be better if you put two in there because you, you're playing with house money. Three and three, he could be competitive. Or you could not be. Who cares? It doesn't really matter at this point in time. It's more important about giving him reps and snaps and you're competitive. So you're giving him competitive reps and snaps and putting them through scenarios for next year. You know what? I honestly think they just held Tua out to see if he was really fully recovered from that injury. And uh, because it happened almost a year, the hip injury where he was at Alabama, uh, that happened almost a year ago now. So, honestly. Now, Now, the problem that I do have with it, I think I probably would have held him out one more week. You know what I mean? Get him a little bit easier matchup. Because who's the Dolphins? They're on bye. 
No, yep. that's why they did it. Yeah, yeah, they did it because this is going into their bye week, so it makes perfect sense. Because you can get him everything going, you get an extra week of reps to really get him in there, and they're on their bye week this year. So this week, so it makes sense. You get him on the bye week, he starts week eight, the second half of the season. So it doesn't seem crazy to me when you think of it like that. You get him in there on your bye week, you get the extra practices in, and really get him accumulate uh, acclimated into the system, and then week eight, he starts the second half of the season. Uh, your Ravens and the Eagles, man. Let's talk yeah, about man. it. So I mean, I I actually I didn't I didn't think that the I thought the Eagles would get blew out, and if you look at this game, it was really, really man, Carson Wentz just needs some weapons, bro. <laughs> I mean, early on, like I said, Carson didn't have a preseason. That's kind of been the case the last three years for the slow starts. He hadn't really gotten a preseason. He hadn't really gotten an offseason. Same thing. This was the reason for COVID. So the first few games he did play bad, but the last few he's been playing well. And the only problem is that he just he just doesn't have weapons. And when they finally started to kind of get it going and get it rolling, then you saw Peterson kind of make some dumb decisions. But they're gonna have to use Jalen Hurts more. I think the defense is playing well, but you can't give you can't give Lamar Jackson a cushion because that's what happened. They kind of gave him a cushion, then he broke out in the second half for a long run on you, and it just kind of keeps putting you behind the air ball. But I like the way they play, man. I think the second half of the season. Once the Eagles start getting some weapons back, now it didn't help that Miles Sanders goes out. Luckily, he's only out for one or two weeks. Zach Ertz is hurt. He's out four to six weeks, but Zach Ertz has looked like a shell of himself, and Goddard was coming back anyway. So I'm not, that's not as big of an injury to me. It's more the offensive line and starting to get some of these receivers back. So tonight, Deshaun Jackson is coming back. Travis Fogum, I don't think that he's a fluke. I think he's for real. Uh, I think that he's a young player that Detroit gave up on way too soon, and he finally has a quarterback that trusts him to throw throw it to him. Um, so I think this Eagles team is ready to make a push, man. They get they get. I mean, now it looks like some easy matchup these next three games. They get two two games against the Giants and one game against the Cowboys to kind of get back going. And we could see the Eagles have a pretty good cushion if they can do what they're supposed to do over the next three or four weeks. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it it was an unexpected shootout. I will say that because I didn't figure this game to be that close. I figured Baltimore would run away with it, but uh, they ended up winning by two. Now moving on to a game that was definitely an unexpected shootout. The Titans defeated the Houston Texans. The old the well, what the the old Houston at Oilers defeated the new Houston team. 40, that didn't even really make sense. Now that you think about it, 42 to 36 in OT, man. Uh, King Henry, eight. Deshaun Watson, eight. Uh, it, was, it was a good game, man. I was watching this one. It was really good. Derrick Henry had 202 yards. For that dude to be so big, he goes for more 90-yard runs than I've seen in a Out long time. Out of anybody. Time, this dude is a monster, bro. Derrick Henry is literally a monster. These Titans are dangerous, man. I like the fight that the Texans show. The Texans had a brutal first half of the season, man. They just had some brutal, brutal scheduling lineups. But it's about to lighten up, and Deshaun Watson is starting to look a lot better now that they've gotten rid of O'Brien. So I still like the long-term aspect of this team. But the Tennessee Titans, man, I love the way they're looking, man. I love the way they're playing. I love that receiving core, that defense. That is a full, well-rounded team as long as Tannehill can keep up this play. They're about to get Corey Davis back from the um, COVID list. They already got Adam Humphreys back. I I like this Tennessee Titans team, man. They're dangerous. Yep. 
the Indianapolis Colts defeated the Cincinnati Bengals 31 to 27. So Cincinnati, you know, I think the future looks very bright for them. I will say that. Blew another lead. They, they, they still not a win yet, man. It yep. didn't help that Joe Mixon went out in this game, but they were leading this game and they allowed the Colts to come back on them. Uh, Phillip Rivers to come back on them. So it's just a young team trying to find their groove. You know what I mean? Uh, I think I'm glad that they did stop playing John Ross and you start playing T. Higgins more. Um, stop playing. I mean, A.J. Green is hurt. He probably would have helped. But it's just a young team, man, trying to figure it out. This team is going to be good in the future with Tyler Boyd, Higgins, Joe Mixon, Joe, um, Joe Burrow. But they're going to need to find some offensive line help because that offensive line is terrible. Yeah, definitely. I agree with everything you just said. Uh, the Chicago Bears beat the Carolina Panthers 23-16. to So, Chicago Bears, 5-1, man. Are they contenders, pretenders? What are your thoughts on this? I don't know, man. They're hard <laughs> to read. They like, are very they keep, hard to read. Yeah, they keep winning, but I don't feel like they're good. I know, <laughs> but right? they keep winning. The defense, is, the defense is obviously, you know, decent to good. Um, Nick Foles can get it done as long as you keep it. He's going to get it to playmakers. I mean, I guess they're good, but I hate this team. But, I mean, they, they beat Tampa Bay. They held them. The defense, uh, the offense played well against them. So, I guess we should believe. I don't know why I don't like this team, though. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. You know, I really don't get it. They're like uh, the Vikings a few years ago where, well, even the Vikings were good with purpose. You know, I mean, they had the run game. They had the complete package. But it's just the Bears are just that team that should suck, but they just Keep finding ways to win. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you got to say something for uh, resiliency, too. Yeah. Finding ways to win when everything's not going your way. I mean, Nick Foles is the best at that. I mean, he can throw three interceptions and not complete a pass and just get on that final drive and take you down there. So maybe that's what this team is. Just win ugly. Make it a tough game because that's what they've been doing. They make it a tough game. They win ugly. They've come back on some people. They've let some people come back on them. That's just what you're going to get into when you play the Bears. And that's not necessarily a bad team because some people can't deal with adversity. Some teams can't. Yep. True. Big facts from big facts. We should make that a segment, man. Big facts from big facts. Uh, we might need to. <laughs> the Falcons, man, continuing the trend of winning after firing your head coach. The Falcons defeated the Minnesota Vikings 40-23. to uh, It kind of makes me wonder. You know, we talked about the Falcons a little bit, but this makes me wonder, man, is Mike Zimmer the next head coach to go? I think it should be Adam Gase, but, you know, Mike Zimmer's seat is getting a little warm up there in uh, Minneapolis. I think Mike Zimmer's safe. I mean, I think he has a trust. I mean, if you if you're a realistic owner or a GM, then you can look and say, I mean, he's won what the last two years, and this this year they've been kind of decimated by injuries. Also on the defense, they lost some players in defense on defense. Um, they lost Everson Griffin, Daniel Hunter's hurt. Uh, they tried to trade for Unique, it didn't really work out. They lost some linebackers and corners. So this defense has kind of been decimated. You lose Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins is playing like trash. That'd be the biggest mistake. Shit, mm-hmm. that's more on the GM than the coach. Why resign Kirk Cousins to that exactly. extension? Because now you lose Stephon Diggs in the off season. Yeah, you lose Stephon Diggs. I don't think you got good returns. But on the flip side, you got Justin Jefferson, yep. who who looks excellent. He yep. looks like a perfect replacement to Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Adam so Thielen's out really to lunch him. this year. Him and Kyle Rudolph hadn't really heard much from them. Yeah, and and that might be offense. I mean, that maybe they need another offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, they, they did lose Stefanski. Stefanski, yeah. So he was a big part yeah. of that. Yeah, so I mean, 
I think that you you don't just get rid of coaches because they have a down year because every coach is going to have a down year. I think you stick with it. Let's see how he develops some players and um, go from there. But I definitely think that they're blowing it up this season, kind of getting some contracts off the book, trying to open some salary cap because with that re- re-signing of Kirk Cousins, that's going to put them in a, a tight situation, and they're going to need some money to try to rebuild this thing next year. Uh, the New York football giants defeated the Washington football team named TBD 20 to 19. Not much to really talk about there. Uh, the Detroit lions in a game that from what I was hearing, Matt Patricia needed to win this game or he was fired after the game, beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 34 to 16. So the lions are not I say about this game is I'm, I'm glad that they finally started utilizing their draft pick and DeAndre Swift yep. and quit wasting so much time with uh, AP. I mean, let the dude develop, man. If you're going to be a, a average to bad team, at least let your running back develop. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns 38-7. to uh, Pittsburgh's defense had a field day. Uh, this game was yeah. a local game on CBS. They totally neutralized Baker Mayfield and everybody else. Uh, they even neutralized Miles Garrett. So Pittsburgh is looking real dangerous right now at 5-0. and Yeah, all that, uh, you know, we're going to play this one for Miles Garrett. Shit went out the window real quick. Real I mean, quick. The offense wasn't even the one that did it, right? Like, Ben didn't even have a great day. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's just all defense and run game because – Ben didn't do anything spectacular. I mean, you still had Chase Claypool, so I think a lot of that, some of the plays that they're running with Chase Claypool, I mean, for him to be so big and athletic, they're utilizing him in a unique way, like getting them the ball to run to the outside. It's just using him as a weapon all over the field. You typically don't see guys that big being used like that. Yep. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's been kind of quiet this year, too. He's like third in that offense, man. It's, It's funny because... Uh, like with AB, he was number two, but right now it's been like when healthy, it's been Clay, uh, Claypool, or when Deontay Johnson was healthy, healthy, he's been the number one. So they're gonna have a full arsenal of wide receivers out there, and it doesn't look like Juju is uh Ben's favorite target. I don't know if it's because the do- defense is doubling him or what. And in the last game that we're gonna cover for week six, in a barn burner, an absolute barn barn burner. The Denver Broncos defeated the New England Patriots 18-12. Now, I think, so both of these teams are sitting at 2-3. and three. I think we got COVID to blame for this one because Cam Newton obviously didn't look like himself, just came off the COVID list, probably didn't get to practice that much. I would say, hindsight being 20-20, on this game, they need some help at the wide receiver position because Nikhil Harry is not it. Uh, you know, the, the self-anointed NFL Hall of Famer, Julian Edelman, didn't look like that at all. In fact, I think he's suffering without Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I'm not going to put this on Pretty camp. sure Damari Bird is, like, leading the team in targets and receptions. So, yeah. that's not a great sign. <laughs> yeah, Darth Sidious needs to go to the lab and get something done so he can get some help you know, in there for Killer Cam. I mean... I'm not not because you know Cam doesn't have the weapons right now. But number one, I think we need to give more credit to Denver's defense because I think yep. Denver's defense is legit. I think they've been Two playing picks, very, four very well. 
Yeah, I think Denver's defense is legit, and they're missing they're missing um, Von Miller. Yep. But I think that defense is legit. I think that defense is good to go along with the fact that New England doesn't have many pass catching wet catching weapons. I think the one disappointing thing about this whole offense with McDaniel's and Belichick this whole year is I thought that they were gonna pound the ball more. It's just a lot of running with Cam Newton and not really sticking to the run the power run games the games that they've done that they've looked a lot better as opposed to these games with the game plan to try to pass the ball but the games where they actually try to run the ball and keep it on the ground they look better but that offensive line didn't great either so yep uh so you know what i don't really have nothing to hate on this week i would uh transition uh, to the hate o'clock but man i mean the only thing i could really hate i got on. something to hate on all right let, hey let's go and get into it man it might be damn it 337 east coast standard time but uh right now it's hate o'clock so big facts the floor is yours sir i'm hating on the eagles fans fighting in the stands with covid <laughs> like you just can't you just keep putting the eagles fan base on Sean, like you're not even supposed to be like within six feet of each other, and like you're fighting, <laughs> and there's only like twelve people in your section. If hey, you man. get into a fight, hey, people fight in Philly every day, B. Yeah, but man, chill out, man. Quit giving them, quit giving them, uh, what the ammunition to always bring up the Eagles fan base because you're always doing something. Like, chill the. Man, man, look, man, COVID don't stop no show, man. Eagles fans want the smoke. They going to get the smoke. I think that was the first game with fans in the stadium, and you get a fight with a Carson Wentz jersey. Yeah, it it was funny. I watched it like 20 times, you know, to to, uh, cancel out the sadness in my body after my Cowboys just just fucked up. Yeah, I cussed, so what? Yeah, man, man. That's what I'm hating on this week, man. Eagles fans need to calm the fuck down. You know what? I'm going to hate on something, out. too. Might as well. All these Cowboys fans saying, oh, Andy Dalton's way better than Dak Prescott. He's going to bring us back. Boy, the Red Rifle was shooting with the efficiency of a $2 pistol on Monday night, oh, man. It man. wasn't working hey. at all. Now, don't get me wrong. Red Rifle is going to have some good games. Oh, I'm yeah. He might have that. one this he, Sunday, but he didn't have one on Monday. And that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, now, he's going to have some games. Now, right now. Yeah, the point is because as soon as he had a good game, people are going to be like, see, yeah. Andy Dalton has shown he can put together some good games. The yeah, problem he can. is he, he never put together enough of them. Yep. Like two or three, and the rest he looks going to look well, like Recently, so recently. Some, old school and Old Testament Andy Dalton, he can do some things. But yeah, he had like, well, I mean, a lot of more, talent around him, though, too. When you, yeah, and, and I think that was a lot with whatever coordinator he has. But that's kind of the point that I Hugh make Jackson. is that – yeah, you guys don't have a good off. You don't have good coaching staff. Nope. I mean, your players are literally saying that. Yep. You don't have a good coaching staff. They're not putting together a good game plan. You don't have a good offensive line. It's going to be so rough. It's going to be a rough go of it. It's going to be a rough go of it. All those pro right bowl receivers, if you can't get the ball off in three seconds, you're in trouble. But you know what? I'm going to be a non-typical Cowboys fan, and I'm going to have some shred of optimism while keeping all shreds of dignity. I think that he might, they might bounce back against the Washington football team named TBD. We'll see. We we don't know. You know the dangerous part about that though is the Washington's defensive yep. line. Now if this was if this was Dak, you guys would probably rip them apart. You'll shred them. The problem is, is it yeah, ain't Dak. Like, it ain't Dak. 
Like, yeah, Daniel Jones beat him. Daniel Jones beat him using his legs a lot of the time in that game. You know what, <laughs> He bro? was running. I just want to use you can't this. move, you're in trouble. I just want to use this precious air time to just ask the good Lord up above, like, hey, you know, I can give my ankle to Dak Prescott and he can just come back and play. Like, look, I've been working from home for the last seven months. I ain't going nowhere for the next four to six months. With COVID running around, I'm just going to lay up anyway. You know? Well, if he did if he did that with his athletic ankle that he's been working out all summer with, ain't no telling what he'd do to your ankle. Oh, uh, yeah. He might, fuck, he might fuck this one up. Yeah. <laughs> it explode like he's stuck on a grenade. I mean, I, oh, damn, man. You ain't got to get on me like that, man. You know what I mean? I you ain't like I'm just a, one of these my. 600 pound life motherfuckers that just don't do shit all day so you know i go on walks you know now granted i ain't been to the gym because our gyms are closed in north carolina you know i ain't got on a squat machine but you know he is a premier athlete and uh yeah i'm just a sexy suburban dad so you know shit you know he might be able to grill a mean slab of ribs but you know he might not you know this might not be a football playing ankle but you know it's a start it's a start. Yeah, I'm about to say, if he's going to stand over the grill, you know, and grill something up, your ankles are perfect. But if you're going to be running back behind that offensive line, those ain't the ankles. So you if want. you needed a transplant, are you going <laughs> to inquire about the, the donor's occupation? Hell no. Nah. You're going to take that organ <laughs> and keep it pushing. Nah. All right, man. Let's get some of these uh, key uh, college football games, man. I, I was looking over. I mean, Alabama defeated Georgia 41 to 21. Yes, sir. Uh, Man, that, that receiving core, that offense in Alabama is mean. Nigel yes, sir. Harris, Waddle, Mac Jones. Man, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to stop that offense, man. I mean, they had a they kind of slipped against Ole Miss, but still, that offense is dangerous, bro. Yeah, man, uh, they're very dangerous, very dangerous. In fact, you know, it looks like Alabama hadn't missed a beat. They lose all these people to the NFL every year, and they haven't missed a beat. That just is a testament to the coaching of one Nicholas Saban. Yeah, man. I posed a question earlier. I was like, I wonder how it feels to be an LSU fan to know that you lost him and now you have to watch him be so successful in Alabama. Yeah, they just won the championship last year, but there's a lot of lean years in between that championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I wonder, man, you got all that money. You about to get hit for all this cheating and paying with boosters and shit. Yeah, Odell Why Beckham can't come to, the, to, the, to anywhere in Baton Rouge for the next two years. When he say he goes into the NFL, you should just let $10 million on the table. $10 yep. million, 10-year contract, $100 million, You got it. Yes, sir. Man, but let's, but let's man, talk about the surprise team in college football. I had to do a little shimmy, man. I got excited. These Arkansas yeah. Razorbacks ain't bullshitting out here. Defensively, defense anyway. Look, nah, that defense looks good, man. Sam Pittman, you can see what a team does when you get a coach that gives them confidence and believes in those guys. I mean, I listened to him talk, and it sounded like he did a, a lot of reconstruction of those guys' confidence, man, which is really impressive because they're out there playing with confidence, and they've been beat down for a couple of years, so that's respectful. Man, he wants to be there, and uh, I will say this. I think that Sam Pittman is your coach of the year, at least SEC coach of the year, and Barry Odom is your Broyles Award winner for uh, best top assistant in the country. And I, I could see the university throwing money at not only those two, but Kendall Bryles to get them to stay because uh, Arkansas has done a complete 180. I honestly think that they can win. Well, with the exception of the Alabama game on December 5th, I think that they can win a lot of the games that are on their schedule right now. Uh, I mean, maybe Florida might be a tough one, but I think they can beat A&M, LSU. Uh, I think they can win those games. 
Yeah, man, I mean, when I looked at the schedule, the two games they won are the two games that I picked from the one. Now, I know you kind of upset about the Auburn game, but the two games that they won is the two games that I picked. But the, the second half of the season is still going to be tough, but if the defense continue to play like they've been playing, uh, they definitely have a chance. As far as coach of the year, uh, you got to also look at Mac Brown. Even though they just lost, they had a bad loss to Florida State, they are the number five team in the nation. North They're right Carolina, down the so. road here in Chapel Hill, man. Yes, I mean, you also got to look at him. Uh, tough loss to Florida State, 31-28. Uh, to 28. They got down big early, mm-hmm. but they were able to come back and show some resiliency. I mean, anytime you play conference games, so that's not, I'm not going to knock them too much for that. That loss, they probably took them for granted coming in and let them get too much leeway. But I like this North Carolina team too. Yep, uh, the reigning unrecognized national champions, University of Central Florida, fell to Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> tough losses, man. Yeah, I think man. you're going to see more of this in COVID. Uh, I think that um, you're going to see some teams kind of falter down the stretch. But any matchups that you're looking forward to this week? And, you know, the Big Ten starts this week, man. Yeah, man. So, definitely, I would say for this week, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Justin Fields in action. Uh, You know, I actually had him high on my Heisman board. So, that'll be a good one. Uh, Out, You know, Ohio State plays Nebraska. Uh, Syracuse plays Clemson. I think Clemson walks away with that one. Uh, Clemson has given them trouble, though, the past couple of years, I want to say. I know that's definitely last year was a tough game. Yep. I can't remember. But I, I don't think it'll be a tough one this time. Just important to note that Syracuse has given them trouble in the past. So, uh, you know, Arkansas is a bye week this week. Uh, there'll be some decent matchups in the SEC. You know, LSU is facing off against South Carolina, which they surprised Auburn last week. Uh, Missouri and Florida, you know, Alabama and Tennessee. So it'll be pretty routine. I don't think uh, anything. I'm of interested note. in the Alabama and Tennessee game, though, because which Tennessee team are you going to get? I mean, do you get the first two weeks or do you get the last two weeks? Like, which Tennessee team do you get in the Alabama game? Right. Be interesting. And it's, yeah. at, it's in Knoxville. So. You know what? I think really all eyes will be on the Big Ten this weekend. I think all eyes will be on the Big Ten. I mean, you got Illinois and Wisconsin, Nebraska and Ohio State, Rutgers going against Michigan State, Iowa against Purdue, Penn State versus Indiana, Maryland versus Northwestern, and Michigan versus Minnesota. I think that's going to be the game to watch, Michigan versus Minnesota. You know, will um, Minnesota continue the momentum that they had last year? You know, P.J. Fleck has definitely turned that program around. And, you know, I think that this is a do-or-die year for Jim Harbaugh, man. I think that a lot of the folks in Ann Arbor are ready to see results. And, you know, it's... it's, they should be. Yeah. I mean, it's a story program, so you want results. But I think all eyes will be on the Big Ten this weekend. I know many people don't like the, like, Big 12 matchups. But, man, I'm interested in that Oklahoma State versus Iowa State matchup. Uh, OSU 3-0, Iowa State 3-1. Um, they they lost one early to a team that they shouldn't have lost to, but this Iowa State team has been looking good. I don't know the circumstances of why they lost week one to a, a, a bad team. I can't even remember. It was like Louisiana or somebody. Yeah, somebody should have lost Cajuns, to. Yeah, yeah. But um, I I, I want to see that game, Oklahoma State versus Iowa State, because Iowa State's defense is always tough, and Oklahoma State has shown that they haven't been mentally tough. Being in number 16, they got a perfect opportunity to win this division. I mean, they're two two losses. OU and Texas both got two losses. So they should be able to do it. But also being an OU fan, it's kind of a win-win. OSU wins. They're in perfect position to win the Big 12. If they lose, it sets OU up to be able to win the Big 12 because if they beat OSU. This is the time of the year where I think OU turns the corner. 
I think, you know, they've had some time to kind of look at things, evaluate things. I think they start to turn the corner starting this week against TCU, man. I'm going to give your school some props. Oh, yeah, like, I, I definitely think that they're going to win out. I, like I said before on last episode, I don't think Licky Riley shows his full playbook until the Texas game, but we're always better after the Texas game. Yep. And I, Spencer Rattler grew up in that game. I think the defense grew up. So I'm interested to see what they look like the rest of the season. But that goes back to me saying, if Iowa State can beat OSU, then that puts OU in the driver's seat because OSU hasn't faced OU. If they lose to OU, then it goes back into those three-team tiebreaker situations like yep. we've had several times, and OU always win those. Yeah, man. I think you guys get it, get the ship right, it man. I really do. I, I feel that OU is probably the best team in the Big Twelve, and I, I think that you guys will win out. I don't think you'll lose another game. The problem is, I'm tired of this shit. It happens every year. We're in this situation every single year for like the past ten years. Yep. It's always the same. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Always the same. <laughs> yeah, you'll be all right. <laughs> all right, man. So let's take a, uh, before we get out of here, uh, let's take a week at, uh, oh, damn, man. You know what? These <laughs> afternoon recorders, man, I just feel like I'm on at night. It's usually because I got a little yeah. liquor in me, but I digress. <laughs> so let's take a look at week seven, man. Uh, we got the Dallas Cowboys against the Washington football team named TBD. The over under is 46. Look, man, I'm going to take the Cowboys because I think they can bounce back, but I will not be surprised if the Washington football team named TBD just has a field day, especially running the ball. I don't I don't think they're going to be good at running the ball. Let me get that out the way, number one. Their running game isn't great. I think the biggest problem that Dallas is going to have is, number one, uh, Kerrigan <laughs> on, mm-hmm. the, on the defense. He feasts against these bad offensive lines. And I think he's going to give Andy Dalton all types of trouble. And I think Terry McLaurin is going to have a breakout game yep. in this one against your defense. I, what defense? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still leaning Dallas, but I don't know. I feel like this is the one good game that Kyle Allen has a year. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Kyle potentially. Allen is usually able to put like one good game together. And I think the Redskins win this and put together that one good game that they are able to put together. And they'll have a win against the Eagles, and they'll have a win against the Cowboys. So, speaking of the Eagles, the New York football Giants versus your Philadelphia Eagles, over under 44 and a half. The Eagles are four and a half point favorites. And that's tonight. Yeah, and I, you know, traditionally, Carson Wentz gets his confidence against the Giants. I think we're like 7 and 0. Or 8-0 against the Giants over the past few years. Last year, this was when he really got it going against this Giants uh, defense. And I think it's more the same. He's been coming around. Travis Fogum, I think they're going to put him in. Even though they're going to be without Miles Sanders, I think they're able to get it done tonight uh, and beat the the, uh, Giants. Yeah, man, I think your Philadelphia Eagles are going to move to 2-4-1, man. I I think so. Uh, Bills, the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Football Jets. The Bills are 12 and a half point favorites. The over-under is 45 and a half. Man, I got the Bills all day. Josh Allen is starting for me in fantasy. I think he feasts on the New York Jets this week. Yeah, the Jets are becoming a laughing stock. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they go ahead and they trade uh, Sam Darnold. Not because Sam Darnold's bad. Just because at this point in time, you have no choice but to go for Trevor Lawrence, right? Man, what if Trevor, Trevor Lawrence stays in school on him? 
<laughs> That's what uh, money and who told that, him to man. do that? Uh, wasn't it uh, uh, Roddy White? Yeah, Roddy White's like, hey man. No, it was Roddy White. He's like, hey man, if I'm you, I'll just stay in school. But come on, man, you can play for a shitty team and be a millionaire versus staying at Clemson winning. But let's say you get hurt or something, go go to the I league, mean, man. I think we all know that Gates has to go at the end of the season. So I mean, you oh yeah, go he ain't gonna be just there just because. It's going to be turnover on that team. I just think that if you're going to rebuild, I don't think Sam Darnold's bad, but you kind of ruined his confidence. I think he's going to benefit from another situation. If I'm the if I'm the Washington Redskins, I think I trade for Sam Darnold. If you can't get like a Dude. Matt Ryan or a veteran. Yo, like that Redskins, is a that is a astute observation, my esteemed colleague. I would do that too. Yeah. And now he's not watched. He's shown some talent. He's just in a terrible situation. I think yeah. that they would benefit from getting him. And you put him and uh, McLaurin together. I don't know what would happen with Haskins, but obviously Riverboat Ron does not like Haskins. Nah. Um, they need to get to get rid of him and uh, put him in a better situation. I don't know what would be the right situation for him. I would love for Haskins to go to Pittsburgh um, and sit behind Big Ben. Either there or I, I would love to, for him to go to Seattle. Either Pittsburgh or Seattle and sit behind a veteran quarterback where he can learn. The problem with Seattle is that he doesn't have an immediate opportunity. It'd be like Jameis Winston going to New Orleans is you know that your opportunity is going to come soon. But if you go to if you go to Seattle, what's the, you're not going to play behind Winston. You go behind Big Ben, you have an opportunity to not only play this year if he gets hurt, but then you probably become the future of that franchise. And let's be honest, man. The Washington football team named TBD's front office staff isn't the greatest either. So it's like the Jets as well. So, uh, but no, nah, man, that's a great observation that you made there. Uh, Browns and Bengals, man. Browns are three and a half point favorites. The over under is 50 and a half. Uh, I'm, I think I'm going to go with the Browns here. I think they bounce back this yeah. week. Yeah, the Bengals' offensive line is too bad. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Miles Garrett and Sheldon Richardson. I don't see. I think the Bengals. I mean, the, I think the Bengals can make it a game, but I think the Browns back bounce back in this game. It came out that Jarvis Landry actually been playing with broken ribs too, so that might be a lot of what's yeah going Baker on Mayfield well. too. Yeah, but yeah, I think I think the Browns pull this one out just on their run game and defense alone. All right, so this one's gonna be my upset special of the week, man. The Atlanta. Well, not really an upset because they are two and a half point favorites, but yeah, on paper it will be an upset. So, uh, the Atlanta Falcons versus the Lions. Falcons, two-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 55. I like the Falcons here. I think this is the game that gets Matt Patricia to boot. I think the Lions win. I think the Lions win, and Falcons fall back to earth, man. Um, I think the Lions uh, have, have had some tough losses and some bad coaching, but if they can go with DeAndre Swift, um, finally having a lot of those games early, they didn't have Kenny Galladay back either, and that Falcons defense still isn't good. So, I, I like I like the Lions in this game. Uh, the Green Bay Packers versus the Houston Texans. Packers are three and a half point favorites. The over under is fifty seven. I like the pack. Pack bounces yeah, back big man, here. The te- yeah, the Texans are going to be facing a pissed off Aaron Rodgers, so that's not good. Pissed so. off Aaron Rodgers, you don't want smoke with him. That's not what you want, man. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be bad for the Texans, man. Uh, hopefully that hopefully Deshaun Watson can score with him because that Packers defense isn't great. But yeah, I think I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers show out. The Carolina Panthers versus the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are seven and a half point favorites. The over/under is fifty-one and a half. I'm taking the Saints. I'm taking the Panthers in the Ooh, upset, and I think intrigue. the Panthers announce themselves. 
into the NFC South. They say, I'm here. We, we winning this thing. <laughs> If they can go three and three and get Christian McCaffrey back, I think they're dangerous. Uh, the only problem is they're gonna have to contain Alvin Kamara. But if they can get, if they can get Drew Brees in passing situations and settle Kamara down, Drew Brees has looked like a shell of himself, man. I think that the Panthers can do it. Teddy Bridgewater got a copy of the playbook. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, man. He he know the weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. Know the weaknesses. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Tennessee Titans, a matchup of 5-0 and o teams. Undefeated teams. The Titans are actually one-point favorites. The over-under is 50 and a half. You know what, man? I like the Titans here. They got a lot of momentum. They do. They do. I like the Steelers just because the Steelers, and I don't think they're going to shut down Derrick Henry. You know, everybody talk about nah. the Steelers. Um, steel curtain defense, but they've given up some big run games. I don't think they're going to stop Derrick Henry, but I like the fact that it looks like that Ben's going to come into this game with his full arsenal of weapons. Deontay Johnson's back, and you have now Chase Claypool. So I, I like I like the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Now Steelers did lose Devin Bush for the year. Yeah, for the year. Yeah. Yep. Which was a tough blow, but I think that that defense is playing just as good as Tennessee's, and I think that. Um, with a full arsenal of weapons, Big Ben to be able to show out. Seattle Seahawks versus the Arizona Cardinals. Seahawks three and a half point favorites. The over-under is 56. Uh, yo, I got to go with the Seahawks, man. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this game was, this game's going to be a shootout because Seattle's a little weak on the defensive side of the ball, but I, I think this is, you know, the Seahawks pull it out. Yeah, Seahawks been giving up a lot of yardage. Uh, I, I don't trust... I don't trust the receivers outside of DeAndre Hopkins is my problem with the Cardinals. I mean, you got Larry Fitzgerald, but he's not going to kill you down the field. He's doing limited reps. So Christian Kirk, Isabella, I don't trust those guys, and I definitely don't trust Kenyon Drake. Um, Now, if they go heavy on Chase Edmonds, maybe, but I got to go Seattle on this one. Yep. San Francisco 49ers versus the New England Patriots. The Patriots are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. Give me... All right, so this depends on two things in this scenario. One, what Jimmy G are we going to get? And two, what Cam Newton are we going to get? I think that, you know, I'm going to go with Sam Fran, but it heavily depends on what Jimmy G and what Cam Newton we get here. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just don't think that Jimmy G is going to have a good game. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that uh, Jimmy. I don't think that Bill Belichick is gonna let Jimmy G get off against him, and I think they'll go back to running the ball. So I, I like the I like the Patriots in this game. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Denver Broncos. Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. Over under forty six. Chiefs. Yeah, I like the Chiefs too. Uh, Le'Veon should make his debut, even though I think the Broncos are better. Um, I don't think it's a given though, because I think that that Broncos defense is pretty good. And they're getting healthier, too, with Drew Locke and Tim Patrick, some of their receivers with Jerry Judy. But I think the Chiefs is just going to be too much for them with that running game. And last but not least, the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, well, wait, that's not last but not least. Yeah, you got uh, Buccaneers. Yeah, we right. got a couple to go. All right. But uh, anyway, Chargers versus Jaguars. Chargers 7.5-point favorites over under 49.5. I like uh, Los Angeles. And Tyrod Taylor's return to the team after being having, having his long punctured by the team doctor. Uh, he'll be on clipboard duty, but I think uh, the Chargers take this one. Yeah, I like the Chargers in this game, too. If Keenan Allen's back healthy, 
Um, I like to see more from the running game, and they got to hold a lead, man. <laughs> That's their only problem. Yep. They're one in five just because they can't hold a lead. I think they were leading in four of these games, so just hold the lead, and I think they'll be able to do that against Jacksonville. Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bucks are a three and a half point favorite. The over under is fifty three and a half. Well, I gotta go with the Bucks here, man. I think Tom Brady. You now, you know, I'm not gonna sleep on this Raider team, but I just think, man, the Bucks are starting to hit that mid season stride. So, I don't know. I, I, we missed a pretty big story. Trent, I think it's Trent Brown for the Raiders got COVID and it's I, I think they've been having some um workouts where they haven't been using masks together so they the Raiders sent all their team home but apparently the whole offensive line is in danger of not playing for the Raiders so this game may not even happen it may get postponed okay uh, they have our, this was supposed to be the night game um but yeah, they Sunday already night, yep. flexed yeah they flexed this game to the four o'clock Fox four o'clock game and they flipped the Arizona-Seattle game to the night game because we don't even know if this game is going to get played or gets postponed. Um, they have to have negative tests. If this game is played, I think that Tampa Bay wins, but it's not looking good for this game to get played. No, I got you. And uh, last but not least, Monday night, uh, we have the Los Angeles Rams against the Chicago Bears. The Rams are six-point favorite. The over-under is 45. I like the Rams in this game. I'm going with the Bears, man. Okay. I don't know why. Like I said, it I don't know. Cause, man. Cause it's what's hot in the streets I mean, right make now, it, the Chicago Bears. If they can make it ugly, I don't believe in Jared Goff. I believe in Nick Foles, so I go Chicago. Uh, no comment on either one. But, yeah, hey, man, it's going to hey, wrap it up. Hey, <laughs> hey, don't disrespect the Super Bowl champion in my presence. Man, get out of here with that. Super Bowl MVP champion. Uh, Until the Cowboys get one of those... Don't 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 talk to me. Uh, I don't think we're gonna have one of them for a minute, man. Until <laughs> nah, you know what? I don't, we don't believe in wishing death upon people on the show. We'll just say until Jerry Jones sells the team like Mark Cuban, a Super Bowl ain't happening in Dallas anytime soon. Well, we'll, we'll just say that one that the Cowboys will be participating in. We'll say that there might be a Super Bowl in Dallas, but it won't involve the football team that's in Dallas. And I'll say that as a fan. Hey man, I can't. I'm not here to disagree with you on that. Unicorn baby, logical Cowboys <laughs> fan. I'm in a world of my own. But yeah, man, I think we're gonna have a pretty good week of football. Go Eagles! Let's let's get back on track, man. Don't, don't let don't worry about what these haters are saying on the outside. We can as long as we win our division. Take that O2 oh, yeah, men, um, that uh, OU mentality. Just you win the what? division, man. That's it's all we're worried about. It's still, how about the Cowboys, man? But you know, it, it hurt <laughs> to say it, but we. You know, we still we still going to hang in there. But uh, anyway, man, uh, you know, be sure to check out not only this podcast exclusively on the Too Smart Network. I forgot that in my opening intro. But also, you know, new episodes of Sexy Suburban Dad coming soon. When the Smoke Clears coming soon. Tillman's Temper. Finance Doctor. You know, they back on the way. Definitely check out the Black Content Corner. Uh, featuring yeah, Kenny B. episode of the Black Content Quarter yes. uh, currently streaming. Yeah, I think she's going over Antebellum, man. So I have to check that one out. And also, man, you know, the MVPs of the Two Smart Network, the Two Smart Dummies, you know. Basketball season's come to a close, but they still got plenty to talk about. So check, check them out, man. You can check all of those pods and more out. TwoSmartNetwork.com. Two is in the number two, SmartNetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Check us out. Comment, subscribe, leave your feedback. I think I covered it all, man, in one, in one breath. You got anything yeah, you got else it, you want to add? 
Nah, that's it, man. All right. Eagles. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, y'all, y'all might end up being first place after the night, man, but we shall see. But for the big homie, big facts, it's been your guy, KP. Appreciate you. Peace. Peace.